What's up, WizKids? Welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. We're here in Boston, Zach Rosen, Jeremy Hyman, and our special guest today, a recurring guest, Chris Miller, Soul Talk, NBC Sports Washington. Welcome back to Road the Road Diaries. Yeah, let's do some Soul Talk real quick. Yeah, I hit us with the, the vapors. Uh, I got on the triple white vapors they're called christmas so of course i'd have to wear them the day after christmas respect <laughs> to both of you for having me on happy holidays to you and yours you yeah. as well same same to you are those are those fresh fresh from uh, a christmas a new christmas present yeah santa santa hooked me up which means i bought them <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the best way to do it the best way to do it um, can we jump? Are we jumping right into our Christmas Day game? Is yeah. that first up? Let's on the go. Docket? I mean, I don't know what else we can talk about. Last night, Wizards take the first of four this regular season after losing nine in a row in Boston. One eleven, one oh three. John Wall, twenty one points, fourteen assists. Bradley Beal, twenty five points. Otto Porter Jr., twenty points. I mean, as we were just talking before, Jeremy, this was like a playoff game. Mm-hmm. If when you look back at it already. Yeah, it felt it felt like a playoff game. I mean, it had all the ingredients of a playoff game, especially that it was back in Boston. It was, you know, walking back in there, I had the memories of game 7 and I don't play. And <laughs> so obviously I think the players I'm sure felt the same way. It's the same building. Um I know Boston was a completely different team last year, but you still have the same you know, the aura of the building is there. The fans are there. It felt, you know, it was national TV game. It had all the same feelings of a playoff game. So it was kind of a interesting way to go into a game like that with so many eyes on you. And because the Wizards hadn't been playing their best this year, it was kind of a chance to, to like, get hyped up again, like it's a playoff game, and see, you know, what can you do. And that's that, to me, was why it was so you know, great to see them play probably their best game of the year, you know, on the biggest stage like that. And I don't know what it does. It mean that, you know, they're now a lock for the conference finals. <laughs> of course not. But it, I think it means something for this team to prove that they, you know, that they can still do it and that they know they can turn it on like that. And I don't know if that's a, maybe a bad thing to know that like you can turn it off and on. Cause we certainly have seen them off too many times this year, but but it, uh, it, you know, it certainly felt good, and hopefully that's sort of the turning point. And I know, Chris, you were talking to some of the players about that, what that win could do moving forward. Yeah, I'm, there were, I had two takeaways from yesterday. Um, one was I appreciate that every player that I talked to didn't give me a cliche answer of this was just another game because it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was important. This was a – Whatever happened last year, there's nothing you can do about it now. But what you can do about the f- yesterday and the future is sending a statement to the best team in the East record-wise that we're here. And not only are we here, we can now beat you in your building. And that place has been an albatross for years. Um, I think they lost nine straight games in that building, including the playoffs. So that thing was hanging over them. My other takeaway was – the last time Kelly Oubre was in that building, he scored the same amount of points all three of us did. And for him to have 16 points yesterday tells me that he has, take, he has taken a quantum leap. Um, I'm not ready to make a declaration, good, bad, or indifferent, but what I am willing to make this statement is they got the psychological hurdle out of the way. 
I was concerned because of the environment, and we've been in that building when things go south. That team had an eight-point lead. Boston came back yesterday. Wizards had a 10-point lead. Boston was fighting back. That crowd was starting to get all ginned up like they normally do, and the Wizards were mentally tough down the stretch. So I guess that's three takeaways that I have from that. Quality win. But this is where I am with this team because they're like my children. You're waiting for them to do something out of pocket so you can go, now what did I just say, Mm -hmm. right? So here's what I want to see. I want to see them go into Atlanta and stomp a mud hole in them like they did when they closed out that series last year. Because then if you do that, it validates what you just did in Boston on Christmas. Yeah, and that's something I know you were asking some of the guys about that, what going into Atlanta is going to mean. Um, and how important that game now will become just to sort of prove that this wasn't just like it's just because it's Christmas we're getting up. Now now go, you know, Atlanta, as we know, is not a playoff team. That's a team the Wizards should handle. So now go, you know, go do it. And that's something that's going to be important on uh, Wednesday night, our next game uh, moving forward. But um, another thing I just wanted to touch on is I don't – it would be one thing, I think, if, you know, if the Wizards just shot lights out and it was, you know, that it was just like, oh, it was one of those nights the Wizards were red hot, the Celtics weren't, they caught them on one of those nights. It really, I didn't, it wasn't that kind of game. It wasn't like it was a fluke. You know, the Wizards were 6 of 26 from three point. Um, so it didn't feel like, it felt like the Wizards belonged. It wasn't like it was, you know, just they caught them on, on a night. And I think, you know, if this team were to meet again in the playoffs, I think we'd have another great, great series. Um, home court obviously would play a, probably a big role, but your point that now the Wizards prove that they can go in there and beat them. And maybe that does do something if, if it comes back in the playoffs. Because, as you said, we felt, I know I felt, and you know I grew up in Boston. I, I spent... I don't know how many playoff games I've been to. I know what that crowd can do to opponents, and I know what how you know visiting teams sometimes can just falter because of that environment. And the Wizards did the abs- the opposite last night, and they you know the Celtics were up ninety five ninety with about six and a half or so. I think it was around that mark, and that's when they went on that twelve zero run. Maybe it was a little bit later. I don't know. It was right no, it was about that, yeah. Yeah, midway through the fourth quarter, but the Celtics were up five. They just went on their run. The crowd was insane. Felt very familiar. Yeah, it felt I mean it just felt like here we are again. Mm-hmm. Wizards were right there, but we're late in the game and you just kind of felt, you know, and the Celtics, you know, they've been a great clutch team this year. I mean, Kyrie's been amazing in the fourth quarter and even though it was last year it was Isaiah and you know some other you know some of their other guys Avery Bradley Jay Crowder who aren't no longer there but you just got that same feeling that it was like here we go again here come the Celtics they're going to make the big shots and it was the the last night it was the Wizards who made all the big plays down the stretch all the big shots and that that I think could could do a lot moving forward and it was that that step back by John with the shot clock ticking yeah, down he shot. puts it up and everyone in the building is like, he's not going to make that. So I've said this really kind of like all year about Markeith Morris. And yesterday uh, made me look really smart, which it rarely we happens. Like um, but I have said that he is the realest guy in the room. That's mm-hmm. my nickname for him. And he's also the DNA of this team. 
And when he was engaged yesterday, which was really the whole game, uh, I didn't even have to mention it to Scott Brooks. First thing out of his mouth was, you know, Markeith Morris brought that toughness, uh, the physicality needed to win a game in Boston like that. And when they went with that, I, I, I think it's, I'm going to call it their death row lineup, although Keith was kind of <laughs> like he want, he wanted to endorse it, but he feels like if Mike Scott was in there, it would definitely be their death row lineup. But it was their <laughs> small ball lineup that they had so much success with last year that closed the show. Uh, and taking nothing away from March, he had a double-double. Yeah, he he had played a, well. He was really a rim runner. Well. He he set really good screens as usual. I, he played a really good game. One of his best of the year. I'm not taking anything away from him. But that closeout lineup of small ball, although Keith was like, he's not really small because I'm 6'10". <laughs> <laughs> when they went with Keith, OP, KO, Brad, and John, they can switch every matchup, and that closed the show. And – I was when I saw it, I was I was telling somebody I was sitting next to. I'm like, oh man, they're going with that death row lineup. And my buddy was like, death row lineup. I was like, I'll explain to you later. <laughs> this is the small ball lineup they had so much success with last year. And for Scott Brooks to trust it on that stage in that environment was huge. So I guess that'd be my fourth takeaway. I had like two takeaways to start, and I got hey, like we're four. gonna hit ten by the end yeah, of this. Right. And it was impressive. Uh, this stat is mind-boggling. So the Wizards in the last six minutes and 56 seconds were 8 of 12 from the field, right? Of those four missed shots, they rebounded every single one of them. The Celtics right. did not have a defensive rebound in the last seven minutes. Is that possible? That's, I mean, that that, that's, that's like crazy. mind-boggling. And it with, only goes the other way. <laughs> yeah, and that was with the small ball lineup. So it shows you, all right, even if we're small, I mean, keep 6'10", like you said, but you have to rebound either way. Just because you're playing small doesn't mean you have to – be a small team. You got to play big, and that's what I mean. Otto, especially man, and Kelly. Yeah, they were just big grinding boards. to get those bruising boards. Big boards, and another, just one last thing on Keith, and another question. I believe it was Chris you asked Keith about. Did, I, I don't know if I'm phrasing the question right, but it was something like, "Did you need this game to to do? You, did you learn something about this team?" And what? And I think his answer was, he didn't need was basically he didn't need that game to prove it. He already he said he already knew what this team was. And I kind of felt the same way. Like, I didn't need last, the game to be like, oh, now I know the Wizards can, you know, make the conference finals or be, you know, a mentally tough team. I thought that too. Like, I thought – I've thought I've kind of just been waiting for it. We've all kind of been waiting for it. And that's sort of the takeaway I got mm -hmm. from Keith that it was like, yeah, we proved it tonight. But he said, you know, he knows those guys probably better than anyone. And he said he already knew what what those guys were and and we just got to see it last night you know i think where i was going with that one was um you know he's been saying for about a week now um it's coming mm -hmm. our, our 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 solid play who we are it's coming he even said it after the brooklyn game and i hope he didn't take offense at the way i looked at him when he said it because i kind of looked at him like what you just got thumped by what? 35. <laughs> At one point, there was a 40-piece put on your head in Brooklyn, and you're telling me it's good. But he knew. And this is where I give a lot of these guys credit is they don't they don't sweat the small stuff. We do. You know, we go crazy when, you, you know, the Utah game and, you know, the Brooklyn game. But then look what happened in both of those scenarios. They came back the Bounce very back. next night and got wins. So um, they know better than anybody that – 
what kind of team they are when everyone's locked in. And I, I like what March said last night. He's like, when we are all locked in, it's really hard to beat us. And then he said, well, we've got to be locked in. We can't use the backdrop of national television, that team in green, their environment, us having to prove that we can get over this mental hurdle in this building to just go play hard. Again, Wednesday night in Atlanta, I'm not asking for Wall and Beal game. What game was that, the closeout game in Atlanta? Game six. When they were ridiculous. I'm not asking for a game six Wall-Beal effort, but what I am asking for is to beat an inferior team, talent and record-wise, and then go into the Houston game and just roll the ball out. Because now you're going into the new year with some swag, and John talked about that. We need to go into the good, the new mm-hmm. year with some some really good momentum. And, and one note on him, real quick: that game yesterday reminded me of him because we hadn't seen him in a while. That guy, facilitating in the fourth, decision making, scoring, swag. We saw all of that yesterday, and it's good to see that because that's the guy I think the Wizards are going to need playoff time where. Now you got a chance because it's great that Mike Scott's had a really good year. It's great that KO had 16 points yesterday. It's great that Jody Meeks hits a shot. It's great that Sato is getting some much-deserved minutes. It's great that we've got Jason Smith anytime we need him to play. But for this team to go where we all think that they have the potential of going, John has got to be like he was yesterday, and I just liked his floor game. He, I mean, he – literally accounted for almost all their points in the fourth quarter just passing and i was just watching his assist tally up i think he had eight entering the fourth quarter i'm like he is 14 like where'd that come from and you don't really notice it and that's how kind of his playmaking can go you know under the radar because you don't really see who's passing it all the time you see who's scoring it but the way he was setting up his teammates some of those passes like cross court like cutting dunks those are those are the toughest passes to make Forget the no-look stuff. Being able to see the court is the most difficult part of his job. No, he's He played an outstanding game, and that's that's pretty much what this team knows. That That's why he's their leader. He's their, you know, the four-time All-Star, and he's, he's – Also the fourth all-time leading scorer now in franchise history. Yes, yes, moving into that spot Ready last to get night. his jersey up there already. <laughs> yeah, but – Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but no, that's 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 the wall. That's exactly right. That's the wall that we need, and that's the wall that that this team's gonna need to carry them. You know, once the playoffs do do get there, because you know they're. I mean, like you said, they're only gonna be as good as their best players are can carry them, and uh, you know he's obviously the the uh, the leader of this team. So Brad Stevens said something interesting after the game about Bradley Beal. He said. We couldn't stop Bradley Beal tonight. If he wasn't missing shots, he would have had, I don't know if he said how many points he was going to have, but he said he would have had way more points if some of his shots didn't rim out. Right. Here's my question. Are the the Celtics going to have trouble playing the Wizards if they mean the playoffs because they don't have Avery Bradley? Um, Because they don't have two two reliable guards to guard the perimeter against the backcourt. I know Jalen Brown is a very much improved defender, but – He's also higher up, not lower to the ground like Avery Bradley to you know yeah, stick he's with. A, he's Beal. a different, different, a little bit different body type and player. I mean, Avery Bradley might be, if not the best, I and mean, he's one of the best just on-ball defenders in the league. And everyone knew when the Celtics lost him, that's going to be a big loss. Um, mo- you know, he was 
good offensive player and still is, um, but defensively certainly hurts them. I didn't think Jalen played his best defensive game yesterday, mm -hmm. and I've seen him play better on that side. And I still think between him and Marcus Smart, um, you know, even Ky and Kyrie, you know, Kyrie's been better defensively. Yeah, playing playing on the perimeter. I I just thought even as a team, the Celtics didn't play a great defensive game. They gave up. The Wizards had some easy buckets that usually sixty a, points a in good, paint. Yeah, <laughs> a good Celtics defensive effort or a good you know when they play their best defensively, you're not going to get some of those looks and some of those easy ones at the hoop. Um, so I I mean it was one game yesterday and the Wizards exploited some things. If it's a series, you know, there's a lot more actual you know the scouting so much more it goes into just matchups and that kind of stuff so i don't want to put everything into that one game and say you know this proves this or this proves sure. that but um but if the question is do they miss something with avery i think so i mean he's a vet he's an experienced guy and like i said i, I think jalen is a great player and i think they have a lot of great players but like I also was referring to Avery might be the best on-ball defender right now. Um, kind of like the way Tony Allen was in his prime when he just shut First guys down. Defense. Avery can do that, and he was so tough on Beal at times. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't – I think, you know, there could be something there. I saw some warts yesterday on Boston, which I enjoyed thoroughly because, as you guys know, I cannot stand this town. I cannot <laughs> stand that team. Uh, I'm with Brad. The only green I like is what's in my pockets. <laughs> I, I, best quote he's given in his career, by the way. Love it. Uh, and the Chicago pizza one a couple years ago was a good one, too. But, yeah, I'm, I, I don't want to make a huge declaration about what I saw yesterday, but I do know when playoffs come around, we saw adjustments made on the fly last year when these two teams met. But Boston's not the same. And if, again, if Keefe is Keefe, they win a series because I saw yesterday uh, he was ready to turn up with Al Horford and Al Horford didn't want any of that business. He didn't want none of that. He made a business decision yesterday. Um, Horford, I think, hit his second shot on Keith and Keith kind of gave him a little chest bump. Horford put his hands up in the air as to say, no mas, he, he kept it moving. That. I think that's the kind of like physicality that I'm talking about with Keith. So and that was a moment and I was kind of like, Okay, let's see. Let's see where this takes. Because we we're, were everybody was talking before the game about you know is there still that bad blood there? And a lot of people in Boston I was talking to. I did one of their shows, and they were like, "Oh, it's over with all that." I said, "Yeah, but you still got Horford, and you still got Markeith Morris." And you know also why is because the Celtics won the series. To to them, it's like, "Yeah, it's whatever. We won, so yeah. we don't care." But if the Wizards start winning these games, it's it's gonna boil. So back. I would love to hear talk radio today mm -hmm. in Boston because I will say this and this is not a shot on our fan base but it almost is when you walk into that building and Jeremy am I lying they are on every possession every possession matters to these fans in that building and they will let you know about it good or bad and that right there could be the difference in the series is what the environment looks like. And this is a challenge because we have this forum here to our fan base is I wish some of the fans could come up here and just listen. Don't say anything. Just come in here 
and listen to what every possession sounds like. And I feel this. The Wizards could ever get that environment nightly. I feel like the players will elevate their game because there's something about the energy in the building. And we've seen it when LeBron comes to town, when Golden State comes to town, Kobe's last game when he was with the Lakers. We know what our building looks and feels like when there's something going on, when there's some, some entertainment going on. Forget the entertainment part. Think of the competition. Every night, if you bring it like that, I guarantee you the players will feed off the energy. Now I've gotten off my soapbox. <laughs> and the other thing to mention about the Celtics is, of course, Gordon Hayward, if he's if he's back. We don't know if these teams are going to match up in the playoffs. There's a long road ahead, but he's obviously a huge key to that. But at the same time, I, I, I really, truly believe that last year's Celtics matched up a lot better than this year's Celtics with the Wizards. Because I think this Wizards team, now with an improved bench, some guys that can just get buckets, that's Mike Scott, that, that's Kelly, whose offensive game is better. The Wizards are going to be a tough out in the playoffs. And I think we're pretty confident they're going to make it there. And I don't really think it matters what seed they are. No one's going to want to play them until the conference finals when they have to go through them. So it, it's an interesting outlook right now. I mean, it's December. We're talking about the playoffs that happen yeah. in April. And we, and we don't try to make too much of one regular season game, but yeah. like you both mentioned, this was more than a game. And and Otto Porter, I, I think he said it's Christmas, it's Boston. Of course, it matters to us. Mm-hmm. So you can't. And I'm 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 happy that you mentioned that as well. That they weren't saying cliches. I mean, it's more than that. It just simply is. Yeah, that's that's what you know. Like we said, it's a national TV game. Those are the games. A lot of people are watching you. A lot of the talking heads that love to. You make headlines are watching you, so it's always good to win those ones and to play well on those days just because you get, you know, you get the positive, you know, the positive outlook from the, uh, you know, sort of on the national stage, which is, which is always good. You know, you can't, can't really say anything negative about, about, uh, you know, the way they played yesterday. So, um, I get now it's, it's moving forward. It's now it's, I think this not that I'm going to put so much on this Hawks game like it's uh you know do or die or something but just let's just see what how the team comes out how do they look you know first quarter do they you know put it put something on Atlanta right away um cuz it's not going to be a sold out crowd it's not going to be the electric you know atmosphere that we felt in Boston it's going to be Atlanta it's no no disrespect to them, but they are you know totally in a rebuild mode now. Um, Even if Migos is there, yeah, that doesn't. That, I don't think that will uh, change the culture. Ch- no, it won't change the culture. Um, so let's see what happens in Atlanta. Then you get the Rockets Friday at home, which should be a that great. One. That should be a really good matchup because you know they were so hot and now they've struggled the last couple of yeah. games. So it's sort of the ups and downs of the regular season. Um, I'm sure their fans are letting them know. Yeah, but, um, you know, James Harden will be there. Nene will be back, our old friend, good friend. And, um, you know, that will be a, should be a great Trevor one on Friday. Reason. Trevor Rees, another good friend of the of the, uh, the Wiz. So, yeah, Rockets Friday should be great. And then you get the New Year's Eve special on uh, Sunday. I oh, love those New Year's Eve yep, games. Yeah, and the, the Bulls, who have been playing a lot better. Um, so, you know, some – I, and and what I wanted to say was that 
you know, starting when we get back from Atlanta, um, I don't have the schedule. Is it eight of nine? Eight of nine at home. Eight of nine at home. So this was the time of year when home last year, last season, when the home games were, you know, we won at 17 straight home games, you know, from early December through early February. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was the time of year when this team just rolled at home. And here's a chance, eight of nine at home now when we get back, that, uh, you know, that's going to be a lot of games on the schedule that you're going to say, you know, we should win these ones and protect the home floor. And, you know, you t- you go on a, st- a little streak now, you win 10 out of 12 or something like that. All of a sudden, you're probably, you know, fourth place, third place back in the East. You're right back up at near the top. You're probably, you know, only a couple games behind the top the top couple of, t- you know, the Cleveland and Boston and Toronto's that are right up top there. Um, and then you're sort of, you, you know, you get to sort of the midpoint of the season, maybe a little beyond that. Um, and you're right back there and you're right back where you need to be. And it's like, you know, for everything that's sort of hasn't gone as planned over the first half, you could end up being right where you need to be. And then you have the whole second half of the season and then you get the playoffs in uh, what are we four months, less than four months from yep. now. So um, the I Raptors are actually now atop the Eastern conference. That's which right. I with the Celtics realize. loss. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the East, the playoff teams, there's 10 teams that can probably make the playoffs. Yeah. Obviously only eight will. So the wizards will see the bucks twice, the Knicks, the Jazz, uh, the Magic, the Nets. You mentioned the Rockets, the Bulls, and then oh, okay. the Grizzlies. There's a road game in between right. there, so it's kind of an up and down schedule. But Giannis twice in three weeks is a lot. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't even care who the teams are, to be yeah. honest. Like, shouldn't matter. It that because we've seen. That's what my my point more was that it doesn't. I don't care who it is. Like they've they've proven they can beat anyone and they can lose to anyone. And that's why it that is very much proven. So that's why I don't I don't care if it's, you know, teams injured teams or teams at the bottom of the conference. I, it doesn't matter to me who's there. You know, you you try to project and make these, you know, this should be a win. This should you, know, you can't do that, especially with this team. So they just have to come out and play like they did on Christmas or give, you know, some kind of effort like that on a nightly basis. And and then I I think their play will take care of itself and. You know, hopefully a couple of weeks from now, we're talking about them, you know, right near the top of the Eastern Conference again. So, kids, we are off to Atlanta shortly. Uh, on Thursday, we're going to have a podcast for you, kind of looking back at 2017, our top moments from the year. Uh, we'll have some written stuff on that as well, a little listicle action. Uh, and then the other thing we wanted to mention is that all-star voting is very much underway. Vote on social media, get 10 tweets a day, 10 Facebook posts or shares. Uh, you can vote on Google, Alexa, uh, the NBA.com website, their app, the Wizards app. And we yep. will be pushing out that stuff, you know, every day until voting stops. So retweet our stuff, share our stuff. We got to get John, Brad, trying to get out of there too. Those are the three we are pushing here at the Wizards. Um, but feel free to vote for anybody. I know that you all have your favorite players, and we're looking forward to hopefully having multiple All-Stars for yep. the first time in a while. All the info on WashingtonWizards.com. If you need information on how to vote, if you want to vote, it's social media, player name, and hashtag NBA vote. Um, yeah, that's going to be our push for its Voting's now open for the next three, three, weeks, or three weeks, three or four weeks. So get those votes in. 
Um, I'll go Chris Miller NBA vote. Chris Miller NBA vote. Hopefully he's he's well represented. Perked at up at that one. Is uh, any plugs, any soul talk plugs for you, Chris, before we sign off? Yeah, I appreciate you know you doing the soul talk out there. Appreciate it. Uh, no, I'm good, man. I think you guys plugged it all up. I'll tell you, what, you guys could be some salesmen out here. Listen, anybody needs to get something sold. You know, we're on the business side. We're we know we know side. how to keep our clients <laughs> happy. Uh, we want to thank you though for joining us. I appreciate you guys. And Merry having Christmas me, man. to happy, you. Happy, uh, holidays. happy holidays and happy New Year to you guys. Hope 2018 brings you everything you need and more. Absolutely. All right, Wiz Kids. We'll talk to you soon later this week. Enjoy the holidays.